Hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode of my podcast Explore and Engage with Anam. I am going to start today's episode by talking about a really shocking news that I saw. And I just want to tell you up front this is regarding the issue of illegal immigration and anyone who has listened to my podcast before would probably know that I have talked quite a bit about the issue of illegal immigration. There are episodes that I published where I discuss this uh, illegal immigration problem, the crisis at our southern border, the humanitarian crisis. And I can tell you that I will continue to talk about this because this is a major problem that we are facing as a, as a country. And it's not just my podcast where I discuss uh, the problems of illegal immigration, but I have written quite a bit about it. You can check out my blog at tossifanam.net. But in addition to that, you can also um, uh, read some of the opinions, uh, some of the op-eds that I wrote that were published. And I have links to all those um, published opinions. Uh, if you visit my website, tossifanam.net, you will find my blog posts as well as my published opinions. So I would encourage you to go and check those out. And uh, let me just move forward with this episode. And I want to talk about this shocking news that I saw. And so what did I see in the news? Reportedly, over 1,000 migrants rushed a bridge that connects Mexico to the United States in El Paso, Texas. Over 1,000 migrants rushed a bridge that connects Mexico and the U.S. And reportedly, crowd control measures were used. It was a, it was a big crisis. People rushed to enter the United States from a foreign country. And for foreign nationals who are trying to enter the United States illegally, not, not through the proper immigration system, but uh, people who are trying to enter the United States illegally through the southern border, are actually using different techniques. Some um, walk in and cross the border at night, and some do it during the day, and some cross the Rio Grande River, and... There are, there are many ways that foreign nationals are entering the United States illegally. Now, obviously, we have a legal, a lawful, a proper immigration system uh, that many foreign nationals are using, and I, I have talked about it quite a bit. As a country, we welcome immigrants who follow the law, who respect our immigration laws and who come in through the proper process and um, hundreds of thousands of people are getting uh, are becoming naturalized citizens every year in the United States and um, you know hundreds of thousands are are getting I, I think approximately a million um, and I, I have all the data I, I've shared various data um, on my website from authentic sources so you can go uh, look at tossifanam.net, but I think approximately a million people um, 
get their green cards every year to live and work in the United States. So we do have a legal immigration system that many foreign nationals are using to legally come in to live and work in the United States and eventually to become U.S. citizens. So we have a system uh, in place that foreign nationals can use to enter the United States legally through the proper process. But what we have at the southern border is a crisis. It's a humanitarian crisis. And as an American, I think that border security must be a top priority. We need to secure the southern border. In fiscal year 2022, reportedly there were more than 2.3 million migrant encounters. And it seems that in fiscal year 2023, that number may increase even further if this trend continues. People are pouring into the United States through the southern border. They are crossing the southern border to enter the United States illegally. And that is something that we need to stop. We need to secure the southern border. And it's not just through the southern border of the United States that foreign nationals are coming in. I mean, shockingly, I saw in the news that migrants are also attempting to enter the United States by boat. I just saw in the news today that eight people are confirmed, de- are confirmed dead after two boats crashed off Black's Beach in San Diego. The two boats were carrying a group of immigrants. And it is a tragedy. It is a tragedy. Eight people are confirmed dead after the boats crashed. According to a news report, a woman who called 911 emergency line claimed that she had come from Mexico by boat. And according to another news report, these two boats were suspected smuggling boats that were approaching a beach in San Diego. And so it is pretty clear that our nation's border is not secure and that there are suspected smuggling boats bringing people into the into the United States from from foreign country. It's not just the southern border where we are seeing a crisis. It's not just the southern border. And I think we have to use our technology and we have to um, have law enforcement personnel to make sure that people are stopped from arriving to the United States illegally. So we need to secure the southern border, but we also need to make sure that people are not illegally trying to arrive to the United States by boat. Illegal immigration continues to be a major crisis here in America. And if you want to hear some of the things that I mentioned in the past uh, about about this uh, this crisis, then you can you can check out some of my past podcast episodes. You can check out my blog. You can check out my published opinions on on this matter. I I will tell you one thing, my friends. We need to secure the border. We need to secure the border. So go to tossifanam.net. Check out my website. You will find uh, lots of information there about my podcast episodes and, um, and about the different articles that I wrote. Okay, let's talk about 
the recent banking crisis that has been in the news for a couple of days now. The Silicon Valley Bank. I want to talk about the news pertaining to this bank. And one thing you can do is if you want to know the details, just look up the issue on the internet and, um, you know, read the news articles, okay? Reportedly, the Silicon Valley Bank, uh, which uh, I think had been, and I saw this in the news, the Silicon Valley Bank had been the 16th largest bank in America, and it's based in California. And the bank, in plain words, the bank collapsed. The bank collapsed. Now, the question is, will will the people who deposited their money in the bank, will the depositors get their money back? That's the question. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporations, Corporation, FDIC. So, FDIC only insures deposits up to 250,000 US dollars. Now, what if somebody... Uh, made a deposit or had a deposit that far exceeded the $250,000 threshold. What if you had $500,000 deposited in that bank? What's going to happen to the money? This is a depositor's worst nightmare, I think. There already appears to be a push for a federal bailout. And I saw this in the news. And obviously, it seems that every day there are new updates. So let's let's talk about this. Taxpayer-funded bailout. People are already talking about it. They are talking about bailing out the bank using taxpayer money. That idea itself is going to raise a storm in the political world. But I don't want to make any prediction here. In this day and age, you cannot predict anything. You cannot predict any political outcome. You cannot predict what the government will do or what the government will not do. Only time will tell. What I will tell you is that the collapse of a major bank in America raises significant concerns. There are many questions. How secure is our money in this economy? How can a major bank fail like this? Are there other banks also at financial risk? It is very difficult to earn money, especially in this economy. It's very difficult to earn money. And now consumers are losing their faith in the banking system. And it's not just Silicon Valley Bank. Reportedly, there's another bank at risk, and I, I just saw in the news that Signature Bank was being shut down by federal regulators. And I believe that it's going to take a while to find out what really went wrong and what it truly means for the financial system as a whole. The economy, I can tell you this much, the economy is not doing good overall. People are having difficulty making money. People are having difficulty making ends meet. People are 
people are struggling. American families are struggling. Gas prices are still very high and prices in general are very high. And in this economy, Americans are suffering because of inflation. The energy crisis continues. And on top of all that, we are now seeing a crisis in the banking sector. In future episodes, I may be talking more about this, and I, I, I think there will be more to discuss as more facts are revealed, as, as more information becomes public. What is really going on in the banking sector? If you have any thoughts you want to share, please reach out to me, visit my website, tossifanam.net, connect with me, and send me a message. And now, let us talk about taxation. The incumbent president is proposing to raise taxes. And so the question is, how is that going to affect the economy? And I think we can talk for hours and hours about this, but I'm not going to do that. All I want to do right now is ask some questions. Why does the government need more money? Why should hardworking Americans work hard and give a larger share of earnings to the government? These are valid questions. Taxes are already very high. There is no need to raise taxes anymore. Regardless of the income bracket, I think there is no need to raise taxes. What we desperately need is better fiscal management at the federal level. We need limited and efficient government. We don't need bigger and more bloated federal government. And raising taxes will also likely increase the size of federal government. And so raising taxes is not a solution to a problem. What we need is to combat fraud, waste, and abuse in government. Audit government programs. Make sure that taxpayer dollars are being used properly. Find out ways to improve the efficiency of government programs and projects. These are the things that need to happen. Lots and lots of dollars are already going to the federal government. Raising taxes is a bad idea. But the government seems to love raising taxes. And that's what we are seeing right now. The administration wants to raise taxes. If you really want to drive the country towards prosperity, then it's, then it's time to start using our natural resources. That is one way to do it. There are other ways also. Let's talk about energy. We need to make energy affordable. But that's not happening right now with, with, with this administration in power. In fact, the Biden administration just announced that it is indefinitely blocking 16 million acres of federal land and water in Alaska from future fossil fuel drilling. The administration is indefinitely blocking 16 million acres of federal land and water in Alaska from future fossil fuel drilling. So I just repeated that. 16 million acres of land. And the Biden administration wants to say no more drilling. And so the question is, how are we going to get affordable energy? That's the question. It's the climate agenda. It's the climate agenda that's driving 
a lot of these decisions. Apparently, there are folks who believe that we can control the Earth's temperature. Let me tell you, we cannot, human beings cannot control the Earth's temperature. We cannot stop the climate from changing. We cannot stop the Earth from rotating. We cannot stop the Earth from orbiting the sun. We cannot control the temperature of the sun. We cannot control gravity. We cannot control sunshine. We cannot control the passage of time. We cannot control nature. We cannot control the universe. Human beings are quite helpless in many aspects, but some people have a tendency to think that humans are extremely powerful and that we can regulate nature. Let me tell you, my friends, no, we cannot. We cannot regulate nature. We cannot control Earth's temperature. All these efforts to stop fossil fuels from being used, the, all, all of these actions are not going to help. Instead, these policy decisions are harmful for our economy. We need fossil fuels to power our economy, and that is a fact. We need fossil fuels. So I will move on to a different topic right now. And it's a timely topic because I'm going to talk about the Academy Awards. So how many of you watched the Academy Awards? You can always connect with me. Uh, go to my website, tossifanam.net. Send me a message. Let me know what you thought because I did not watch the Academy Awards. I was actually busy writing and podcasting. And sometimes I feel that you can either be a consumer or a producer. You can either consume or produce because there are only 24 hours in a day. And I did not want to consume what was being shown on TV this weekend. I didn't want to consume. I wanted to produce. And so what I did was I put my thoughts on paper and I... I wanted to record my thoughts in the form of a new podcast episode, and that's exactly what I'm doing right now. And I wanted to share my ideas with the world, and so I worked on my writing. I wrote down the words that came to my mind. And so this weekend, I wanted to produce rather than consume. I wanted to produce new writing rather than consume what's being shown on TV. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I don't consume. Through consumption, I learn. I, I gather knowledge. I explore new things. I learn more about the world because I read, because I study. And that enables me to produce even more. So I'm both a consumer and a producer. I consume articles that are published that different writers wrote. I I consume, as a reader, I consume a new book. I consume, uh, you know, documentary. As I'm watching a documentary, I'm learning new things. So I'm a consumer. But then I also produce. I like to write. I like to do my podcast. I like to talk. I like to share my ideas, my views, my opinions with the world. So I will be catching up on the news regarding the Academy Awards. And I actually heard 
not too long ago that Brendan Fraser got the award for the best actor. I think Brendan Fraser is a great actor. I watched some great movies that he that he was in and it's wonderful to hear that he got the big award this year. He got the award for the best actor. It, it's just amazing. Now, I haven't had an opportunity to watch the movie uh, that uh, for which he got for which he got the award for the best actor. So I I have to catch up. I have to watch his um, speech, uh, his award acceptance speech, and then perhaps I need to find some time so I can watch the movie for which he received the award. Honestly, I haven't watched a new movie in a long time. I just have been very busy and I really cut down the amount of time that I spend watching TV. I I do catch up on the news, mostly on the internet, and then I spend my free time reading and writing and podcasting. And there are only 24 hours in a day. And so we have to make choices. We have to make choices. There was, um, there was an award that I received years ago, and I may have mentioned this before, and during my award acceptance speech, I actually got a Trailblazer Award back in 2014. And during the award acceptance speech, I mentioned that 24 hours are not enough to do everything that I want to do. And so there are only 24 hours in a day. And so we have to make choices about how we want to use the time. What do we want to do with the time that we have in any given day? And I seem to be spending... Uh, in addition to my professional life and the work that I do, and in addition to fulfilling my professional responsibilities, whenever I'm at home in the evening or on a weekend, whenever I have some free time, uh, I like to I like to write and I like to podcast. And obviously, cooking is also a hobby of mine, so I like to cook. And I also like to do some some gardening. I, I live in an apartment, so I don't have a lot of space to do gardening. I don't have a big garden, uh, outdoor garden, or a big lawn. But I have a very nice um, patio. And so I like to use the space in the spring and summer seasons to do some gardening. And then in the fall and winter during the colder months, I still have plants inside my apartment, plants that I take care of, plants that I water, and I take great care of them. Um, and I think plants have lives, and so we must take care of them. And so I like to, I like to think of myself as, as somebody who loves plants and trees and flowers. And so I do, throughout the year, I do gardening. Um, so that's about me, and I think I talked a lot about the use of time. You know, really, I think about it very frequently. There are only 24 hours in a day, and we have to do what we can to make the best use of time. But I, I will find some time to watch the movie that Brendan Fraser was in, 
And obviously, I would like to listen to his award acceptance speech, which I believe I may even do right after I complete uh, this podcast episode. And actually, that brings me to the end of this episode. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, I would like to welcome you. I invite you to share your thoughts and opinions with me. Thank you for uh, continuing to listen to my podcast. Thank you for continuing to share with me your encouraging words. And I hope to be back again with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.